0: Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
0: I wrote Killing the Mob, and a lot of that book is about the rise of the FBI, which had to be established by the federal government to control the bank robber gangsters, primarily in the Midwest. And then we carried the FBI through the decades. So they destroyed the Ku Klux Klan. The FBI had a lot to do with the destruction of the mafia power, and we chronicled it all the way through. Killing Kennedy came about because the FBI, some agents showed me the files they had about the assassination of President Kennedy. So I have been a major league supporter of the FBI for decades. But that is all gone. And I will prove that to you tonight. This is an agency that needs a complete overhaul, not the agents in the field. I've said that 100 times, and I hate to be repetitive, but I always have to say it. But in Washington, D.C., they all have to go. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. So this is one of the most underreported stories I've ever seen, and I'm sure you have not heard about it. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee issued a report yesterday. That committee is chaired by Senator Gary Peters, Democrat Michigan, ranking member Rand Paul, Republican Kentucky. The report says that the FBI knew about potential danger to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th in advance, but did nothing. Shocking report. Did you hear it on ABC, NBC, CBS? If you did, I stand corrected and I want to apologize. But I don't think you did. All right? Did you hear it on the cables? Let me know. So now we get into a whole different aspect of the January 6th riot. The FBI knew trouble was brewing because they had assets inside the Proud Boys, all right, the far right group, they can't get violent. There were FBI informers there, and the informers alerted Washington that these guys were going to go to D.C. on January 26th uh, and trouble could happen. And they were specific about it. Here's what the Senate committee released, quote, at a fundamental level, the agencies failed to fulfill their mission and connect the public and non-public information they received. FBI also did not develop certain tips about January 6 because they were deemed not credible. Contrary to FBI policy that requires every tip received to be logged as long as it meets an authorized purpose for investigation, regardless of credibility, unquote. So all that means the FBI buried the story. I know Trump didn't get anything from the FBI because he told me. Okay, he got no warning. But he knew, President Trump at the time, he knew trouble was brewing, so he alerted the Pentagon to have National Guard on alert. We all know that. That's established beyond any reasonable doubt. And that's what will get him acquitted if the special prosecutor, Smith, brings charges on January 6th. And this report makes that almost impossible, by the way. And I'll get into that in a moment. So the reason that the guard didn't show up is because Pelosi, who is in charge of capital security as the speaker of the House then, and the mayor of Washington, D.C., Miro Bowser, didn't request it. And they had to. okay, by law. And they did not. So. Once again, this shows that the FBI is incompetent. All right, now you can do a conspiracy theory and say the FBI wanted this to happen. You can do that, and many, many millions of Americans will. I will not, because I don't do that. I'm a fact-based guy. I'm telling you the FBI is incompetent. Did they use politics to go after Trump? Yes. Russian collusion. Now, maybe more things will arise here in the January 6th riot situation because they're looking into it, all right? Now, Ray, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, is supposed to testify on July 12th, okay? And um, this guy is a menace, all right? He's not just incompetent, he's a menace. So he'll show up that Wednesday in front of the House Judiciary Committee and he'll say, I can't answer any questions because January 6th is still under investigation. That's what he'll say. And then every question you ask him, he will say the same thing. Hunter Biden under investigation. On and on and on and on. You'll get a thing from the man. It's what he does. Okay, you know it. We've seen it. It will happen again this time. So forget about that. But as far as. Me, an American citizen who once admired the skill of the FBI and the dedication to protect Americans, it's all gone. It's all gone. Can you imagine sitting on information there was going to be a riot at the Capitol and not telling the president, the Pentagon, the congresspeople themselves, putting them at grave risk? Can you imagine that? That's what happened. That's what happened. It is a disgrace. Now, the Justice Department is in charge of the FBI, so you understand. Merrick Garland is the boss of Christopher Ray, And Biden could fire Ray tomorrow, but he won't because Biden doesn't care about any of this. All he cares about is getting Trump, okay, and getting his son off. So there was a leak yesterday of... A tape of Donald Trump at his private residence in New Jersey, talking about a document that he had. The tape, audio tape, went out to the media. Who leaked it? Couldn't have been anybody else but someone inside the Justice Department at a very high level. Had to be somebody from Smith's office or Garland's office. Had to be. Nobody else had access to it. They leaked it to the press this is the us justice department this is what we're looking at but not only do we have a corrupt fbi we have a, the whole thing's corrupt the whole j department's corrupt i mean come on finally with this information coming forth from the senate homeland security committee which is not partisan obviously makes merrick garland and the fbi under biden look terrible The Trump people are buoyed, they're lifted up because you can't blame, as Smith is trying to do, the special counsel, January 6th on Trump, if the FBI had the info ahead of time and didn't do anything about it. This just blows that case right out of the water. So the Trump people should be happy today and should be outraged at the leak of the tape. I'm not going to play the tape because I'm not trying this on TV. I don't know the context of this tape. It's just audio. Okay, I don't know it. I'm not going to play it. I'm not trying to trump stuff on television. It's ridiculous. And it's against the law to do what the media did. Play a tape that a federal uh, guy, Smith, the special prosecutor, is using to to maybe prosecute a former president. Now, nobody's going to be charged. Nobody, they won't even find out who did the leak. They couldn't even find out the Supreme Court leak. Another FBI extravagant. Oh, the FBI. No, the marshals did it. Come on. The FBI should have been on that Supreme Court leak like that. They don't want any part of it. They didn't want to find out. Awful. And that's a memo.
2: Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck.
3: I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis,
0: and spins mean everything. Now,
3: you want to get mixed up in the family
0: business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
3: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: New York State Court has dismissed Ivanka Trump from a politically motivated lawsuit by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, a fanatical progressive. Okay? She's suing the Trump Organization for inflating their assets, whatever. It's the usual. But Ivanka, the courts say, isn't involved and she can't be uh, brought in. Don Jr. and Eric Trump, as part of the Trump organization, still are involved with that lawsuit. So that was pretty interesting. And it just shows you that all over the country, progressive prosecutors, because that's what Letitia James is, the attorney general in New York, are using ideology and politics, all right, to impose their vision of justice. So how's that working out? San Francisco, Chicago, how's that working out? L.A., New York, how's it working out? Baltimore, okay, on and on and on and on. So there is a new book out called Rogue Prosecutors, How Radical Soros Lawyers, are destroying America's communities. Written by two guys who are smart guys. They know what they're doing. Uh, Charles Cully Stimson and Zach Smith. They both work at the Heritage Foundation, D.C. And Mr. Stimson joins us now from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, so um, good luck with the book. I I told you in a pre-interview before you went on the air that I I don't have any problem with the book. Usually when I read a book, I got notes and I disagree with this. Your book, I don't. Because I've been saying this, as you know, for a long time that justice in America doesn't exist anymore. Politics have taken it over. Okay? So, how did this begin, Mr. Stimson? Where is the origination of this perversion of
4: our justice system? Thanks for having me, Bill. It really goes back to, believe it or not, the prison abolitionist movement. Now it's small, it's fringe, it's radical, but that was the seed which then grew into a book written by Angela Davis called Are Prisons Obsolete? She answers yes. Everyone else who's normal says no. Uh, and then in 2015, a Soros employee and an ACLU employee get together and decide to use $500,000 of Soros money to unseat three pro death penalty DAs in the South. They win. They decide to go national and unseat law and order DAs and replace them with pro-criminal anti-victim zealots. So the first place they pick is Chicago, and they unseat in the primary a Latina. First DA in Chicago named Anita Alvarez, and they put in Kim Fox with over a million dollars of Soros money, and it grew from there. And here we are today. Is this tied into restorative justice? Because I was
0: on that very early in the 2000s in Vermont where they trend in that very liberal state wasn't to punish criminals, I mean, even violent criminals, but to have them uh, confess their sins and maybe pay a fine or community service, restorative justice, does that tie in with this?
4: It doesn't. Uh, of course, that's been going on in Europe for some time, as you've talked about uh, before. And the—you know—there there is no criminal justice system in the United States. There's 18,000 police departments, 2,300 elected DAs, of course, 50 states. Uh, And the systems have been reforming themselves on and off since the dawn of our country. Uh, And you remember the last big crime tsunami spike was in 1992, and since then crime has gone down substantially across the country as a has incarceration rates, which peaked in 2008. But in 2015 and 2016, when Soros started funding these pro-criminal, anti-victim zealots, then they just waved their regal wand and don't prosecute any misdemeanors, water down felonies to misdemeanors, don't ask for cash bail. Don't charge violent juvenile murderers, rapists, child molesters in adult court. And the list goes on and on. And crime, of course, explodes in their cities. Okay. the next question is a
0: simple question. I know everybody watching us and listening to us on the radio right now are asking it. Why would any human being, George Soros, anybody else, want no punishment for heinous criminals? Why
4: would they want that? They believe that the entire criminal justice system is racist, and prisons today are modern slave plantations. Those are their words, not ours. So the only way to fix that, in their minds, is to fundamentally reverse engineer and dismantle the criminal justice system. Their words, not mine. And the way you do that is get rid of the adversarial nature of the system. You eviscerate the role of the prosecutor and swap in a pro-criminal zealot. That's what they believe. Okay. But they see the destruction before their eyes,
0: thousands of African-Americans killed in Chicago, murdered, San Francisco unlivable. They see that. That doesn't have any
4: effect on them? They like that. They want that. And in fact, you know, we've been writing about this, uh, Mr. O'Reilly, for three years now. And now that our books come out, which is the number one book on Amazon and new releases for law enforcement, uh, they realize that the Achilles heel of their movement are rising crime rates so they're just pretending that's not happening but it's worth the squeeze for them to have that happen because that means fewer people are going to prison that's the trade-off in their mind it's so trade but that's they're the trading death
0: for fewer people not going to prison that seems to be hard to believe
4: mr. Stimson well get our book read it I know you have it it's heavily yeah because I, I it. we quote we quote them this is what they tell you reread all their books all their law review articles this is what they think it's a sick weird way of thinking but this is just what they believe
0: why does the media enable this by failing to cover african-american crime they don't cover it you know that uh, anytime there's a white person that kills a black person it's headlines everywhere hysteria black person builds another black
4: person, silence. Why does that happen? I don't think uh, the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the major newspapers want to cover black on black crime because it it shows the failure of the inner city. It shows the failure of education systems. It shows the failure of the breakdown of the American family. Uh, And so they just bury it. When they don't cover it, it doesn't exist in their mind. Okay, you've named five
0: prosecutors that are particularly heinous. Gascon in L.A., Krasner in Philly, Fox in Chicago, Bragg in New York, and Steve Doscano in Fairfax, Virginia. But all of these people were elected by the voters. The voters yesterday put in the Bronx, uh, reelected the Bronx prosecutors, one of the worst. She wouldn't prosecute anything. She's back. Doesn't some of the blame fall
4: on we, the people? Of course, because people elected them, but they were hoodwinked. They had the wool pulled over their eyes. Soros and his packs have spent millions of dollars of poll testing, fuzzy, happy language, feel-good language, like reimagined prosecution, and carceral state, and reform-minded prosecutors. And look, the— The beauty of this and the ingenious aspect of this movement is that they realize that DA races are low-visibility, low-dollar races. People don't pay attention to these races. And so if you have a well-funded man who makes happy talk, then they get elected. Nobody
0: voted. All right, finally, is George Soros an evil man? I mean evil, hardcore evil in your opinion.
4: His policies are evil. I can't judge him as a human being. Only God can do that. So you believe his policies are evil. Do
0: you know why he embraces those policies?
4: I don't. uh, But I can add up the bodies and add up the robberies and the murders and all the rest of it and know that he has to know what he's doing. He has to know that his front groups like Fair and Just Prosecution all the rest of these people who are enabling and indoctrinating this new breed of radical pro-criminal zealots uh, are causing chaos and dystopian hellholes in these cities. They have to know that. Any chance it turns around? It is starting to turn around. You saw Chesa Boudin was voted out of office in San Francisco. Uh, Kim Fox has announced in Chicago that she's not going to run again next year. Uh, Kim Gardner resigned in disgrace out of San Francisco, uh, S- St. Louis. Rachel Rollins in Boston resigned in disgrace. So the pendulum is swinging back. Marilyn Mosby lost her primary in Baltimore because the Democratic voters of Baltimore couldn't take her anymore. But it's a it's a hand to hand combat in cities. It's going to keep going.
0: That's for sure. Okay, the book, again, is Rogue Prosecutors. You can get it anywhere. I recommend the book. Cully Simpson, thank you for helping us today.
4: Thank you.
0: Nobody thought that Putin would be in the kind of trouble he is now, right? And Joe Biden himself, tottering. We're going to get to both of those stories, but Putin's folly is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So on Friday, there was a mutiny by Putin's mercenary army, the Wagner Group. About 25,000 thugs in this uh, mercenary unit. It's headed by a man named Yevgeny Prigozhin. Okay, that's Yevgeny Prigozhin. And he's 62 years old. He's a Russian oligarch. Looks like a nice guy, doesn't he? He's worth billions. And he and Putin uh, are behind a lot of the violence all over the world. They work together. So when Putin uh, decided to uh, invade Ukraine, which was ridiculously foolish, um, and that was on February 24, 2022, okay, he hired the Wagner Group, not his own armed forces, to be the spear tip of the invasion. And the Wagner group are ruthless, they don't take prisoners, they shoot everybody, they kill women and children. You know, it's the SS. That's what it is. No rules, no accountability, nothing. And they're paid very, very well. And a lot of the units are made up of criminals who Putin allows out of prison, violent criminals, to be in the Wagner group. Well, anyway, on Friday, uh, for whatever reason, and there's many given, uh, Prigozin, uh rebels against Putin, okay and he turns his army around and they go into russia and they capture a city of some size and the word is they're going to march to moscow to depose the russian minister of defense but they stop yesterday sunday and there's some deal made and again nobody really knows the ins and outs of all of this because there's no reporting on it it's not like reporters are doing it. But Belarus, which is a Putin satellite, brokered a deal where uh, the Wagner group would stop and then uh, Mr. Prigozhin would seek safe harbor in Belarus. Well, if I were Mr. Prigozhin, that's a little too close. So you wait and see what happens to him. It depends who goes first. Him or Putin, they're both going to go. Okay, so we have the story. This just happened. But the repercussions for us, you might be in Oklahoma watching me or Montana or British Columbia or Japan or wherever. This affects you, this whole thing. And let me tell you why. Okay, so in the beginning of this Russian invasion of Ukraine, I knew it wasn't going to work because I know a lot about the world and the news. And here's what I said on January 31st Go, Putin's on the ropes now inside Russia. We don't get reporting because unlike here, if you are a Russian citizen and you bring this into a demonstration, you're in jail. I think Putin may go down this year because of this war, because he's losing it so badly. Like the only way he goes down is if the Russian people take him out. All right, so that was six months ago, and uh, it wasn't the Russian people. I could not have predicted the Wagner group would turn on Putin. But all of Putin's allies, the most important being China, are looking at Putin's weakness. There are reports, again, that we have no idea that the Russian army didn't try to prevent the Wagner group from taking the Russian city, Rostov, I think it is. And, and they, they didn't have any problem, the Wagner group, advancing 120 miles outside of Moscow. Okay, again, the reporting you got to be skeptical about. But this is a humiliation for Vlad. And as far as the Ukraine war goes, he's done. Who's going to fight it? The Russian military can't fight it. They need these murderers to do the dirty work because the Russian army is so weak. So the Ukrainians are like, all right, we're going to counterattack and we're going to retake all the territory and all its business. And then China's going, we didn't figure this was going to happen. So whenever you do something like that, Whenever you make that kind of a bold move that involves conflict and violence, unintended consequences will arise. So, if China invades Taiwan, believe me, there are going to be unintended consequences for China and the world that are just going to be staggering, as Putin is finding out with Ukraine. Now, here in the United States, there were, are, are apologists for Putin. It's incredible. There's no doubt. Putin violated international war and is a war criminal, all right? As tens of thousands of women and children are dead, and millions of people are displaced because of Putin, one guy, yet there are people who go on television and stick up for him. Go. The, The truth is coming out that this war was not started by Russia, that Russia begged us not to try and drag Ukraine into NATO. We ignored Russia, and Russia made it very clear that they were going to defend their national interest. All they wanted was neutrality for Ukraine. I mean, that guy is—I ju- can't even believe that he was allowed that kind of a forum. It is staggering. Robert Kennedy Jr. and he's going to have a town hall on News Nation Wednesday, and I'll be uh, doing the pregame show on that. Robert Kennedy Jr. is sticking up, sticking up for Putin. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea why he would do that. But, and you know, there are other people as well. So, wrapping this thing up, a disaster for Vladimir Putin. His credibility as a fearsome leader is shot, pardon the pun. Good thing for Ukraine and the world because Russia's power is weakened, but there will be more to come here not over by any means. All right. RFK Jr. Challenging Joe Biden. Okay. Now, I have known uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. for decades. I know the Kennedy family pretty well. I work with Doug Kennedy at Fox. Um, I like the Kennedy family. I admire them. You know, many of you, from reading my books, that I, Robert Kennedy Sr., one of my political heroes, and I don't have many. Guy was... You read killing the mob? Bobby Kennedy? That's all you need to know. That weasel J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, no. Bobby Kennedy's the one that dissembled the mob. Anyway, his son is challenging Biden. Now, RFK, uh, according to real clear politics average of the polling, has 14%, Biden 64%. So at this juncture, Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. has no chance. His constituency is based on two things, his name and his anti-vax stance. Now, I'm not going to get into the anti-vax, but I will tell you this. Millions of Americans were and are against vaccines because they don't trust big pharma and the government. They don't believe the CDC. And this is both on the left and the right. Bobby Kennedy is an anti-vaxxer. He wrote a book, a best-selling book, all about it, and it did very well. Millions of people don't want any part of any vax. That's who's supporting RFK Jr., by and large. But if you go a little bit deeper into Kennedy's view of the world, it
3: gets a little troubling. Go. I'm running because I feel like my party has lost its way, Um, that the values that my uncle represented, my father represented when they were Democrats uh, have been uh, uh, neglected, let's say. Um, And I want to try to bring the Democratic Party back to those values. And the party traditionally was anti-war as well. My uncle, President Kennedy, was asked by his best friend what he wanted on his epitaph on his gravestone, and he said he kept the peace. He said the principal job of an American president is to keep the country out of war, and the, the Democratic Party has represented those views since its inception.
0: Mm, that's not true, okay? And uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Uh, basically is blaming America for the Ukraine war. And he said on News Nation that he would pull all war funding out and spend it on domestic things. Well, that might sound good if you're a liberal person, but it's not. So Harry Truman was a Democrat. Right. Korean War. Harry did it. John F. Kennedy began the Vietnam War, you know that? And brought us, we the people in the United States, the closest to a nuclear war that any other president has done. By blockading Cuba, Khrushchev sent Russian warships, okay? Kennedy put up a blockade. If they started to shoot at each other, That could have ignited a nuclear war. Why did JFK do that? Because Khrushchev wanted to put missiles into Cuba that could hit the USA easily. So JFK was not a peace president. wasn't. And he didn't keep the peace because of Vietnam. And the Democratic Party is not the party of peace. It's not. Democrats, going all the way back to the Civil War, ignited violence. Lincoln was a Republican. So Bobby needs a history lesson, needs to read the killing books. Uh, He's not up to speed on that at all. And to say that the United States would be safer and better if we pulled out of confronting Putin and Xi and the mullahs in Iran and let them run wild, do whatever they wanted to do all over the globe. Do You think that makes sense? That's Eugene McCarthy stuff. For you, again, you got to go back. McCarthy was the peacenik in, during the Vietnam War. So when I hear that, I go, Bobby should know his history a little bit better.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Now, the second sound I'm going to play for you is about immigration, which second to the economy as far as an issue in 2024. Go. I don't think that it's going
3: to be possible to get an immigration reform package through Congress until we seal the border. Because we've got now, uh, we've got now. in the last three years, seven million people have come across the border illegally. I was against Trump's wall. But having seen it down there, I see that there, there's, you were required to give a physical bar- barrier during certain, not all the way 2,200 miles from San Diego to Brownsville, Texas, but certain highly densely populated areas, you need a physical barrier.
0: Now, I should say that uh, Kennedy explained his throat malady. It's a physical malady, so a lot of people ask about that. Now, the fact that he has come to the realization that we have to stop this illegal migration into the United States angers the core Democratic Party, which does not want that at all. Okay? So Kennedy's going against his party. And believe me, Democrats hate him. Because Democrats, by and large, love the vaccine. They love the COVID stuff. Why? Because it made the government more powerful, the federal government more powerful, by ordering and mandating what you could do during the COVID epidemic. That's what the Democratic Party wants. Strong central government in D.C. dictating to us how we live. That's why they supported the vaccine. As much as they did, the Democrats. Kennedy's against the vaccine. The Democratic Party wants open borders. Okay? Kennedy's against that. So there's no way he's winning over his own party. A third party run, he could do it, siphon off a little support from Biden, but um, he's not going to do it. It's too expensive. There's a gay pride parade in New York. In the parade, some people got out of hand. Roll we'll the tape we oh, Well, that's just despicable. Now they say it was satire. That's why they were doing it. Okay, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Any criticism of that? We did a search. Nobody. That's how terrified. Politicians, personalities, high profile people are of the gay movement. Terrified. Nearly half of Californians won out 40 percent, according to the California community poll, 40 percent. They're moving out of California. They've already lost last year. Three hundred and fifty thousand left net out of California. Three hundred fifty thousand. OK, break down. Forty two percent of white residents consider moving. Thirty nine percent Latino, 40 percent African-Americans. Why are they moving? Uh, cost of living too high. Overcorrected, gone too far uh, in the woke movement. And uh, California is simply on the rock track everywhere. So when you go Gavin Newsom, possible Democratic contender for president, you go, 40% one out. There you go. Smart life. So I got a letter from Thomas Shields, Aphorite, Georgia. Let's put that up on the screen. I'll read it on the radio. I have been a concierge member for many years and received guidance multiple times. Bill even advised me on which World War II memorials to visit in the Netherlands. Thank you for such a unique and valuable service. Thomas Shields in Georgia. So the reason I'm telling you about this is we are surging. Our concierge membership is surging. And there's a reason for it. And this is the reason. If you get in trouble in your life, government's not gonna help you. All right, if you are a miscreant, You'll get help eventually from the government. But if you're just a regular law abiding American and you get in trouble with health or whatever it is, you're on your own. Nobody helping you. Okay? the court system, civil court system, not going to help you. You want to file a lawsuit, you better have a half million dollars. That's how much it's going to cost you. And how many people have that paying lawyer bills? Nobody. Okay? so the court system is not going to help you. Friends and family, maybe. But dicey. So what the BillOReilly.com concierge service is set up to do is head off disasters. So if you're not feeling well, if you have a medical condition, if you have a family problem, if you have financial problems, anything like that, we can direct you to where health may be available. No one else is going to do that, which is why Thomas said, unique service. No one else is going to do it. Now, I set this up with that in mind. Who's looking out for you has been my slogan for, for 27 years. No one's looking out for you anymore. But people still think, oh, the government will help me. No, they won't. The courts are fair. No, they're not. If you get into litigation, you lose. My job is to get you around it and tell you what you can and can't do, what your options are. This is very serious. I take it very seriously. So I hope you consider BillO'Reilly.com concierge membership. All right, here's the final thought of the day dog ownership before COVID hit, 78 million dogs. After 108, million 30 million added okay 108 million pet dogs in this country whoa now do not get a dog if you're not going to pay attention to it now there's holly the terror dog holly is spoiled a nepo dog no doubt about it now holly was there before covid Holly's going to be eight in september it's a good dog but a spoiled dog as i said all right come back to me so holly's new trick And there are other dogs too cute dogs we have a gallery of cute dogs holly's latest trick is now she comes up when i'm reading or doing something and sits right in front of me and stares at me and i'm going what what you're fed you're walked you have your toys what there's holly and holly can do the stare thing for two minutes three minutes It's like unbelievable What does this dog want? So I'm not a dog whisperer I think that's Milan that guy does what I can't do that But I'll tell you what Dogs are great I, And everybody says, everybody I know But they really are But you got to devote the time and effort To train them and to pay attention And if you rescue a dog from the local shelter good karma will descend on you thank you very much for watching and listening to the no spin news and we will see you again on monday
1: okay round two name something that's not boring
2: a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh
1: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino